All right, what is going on, everybody? Uh, you are watching Real Life with Duke White and Current FM. Uh, we are both here. Of course, we got Mark with us from Sanctus Real. I was going to say your last name, but then I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> really? I was, I was going to say it. It's like, no, nope, no. Nope, that's, that's the voice of experience right there. We've all had those those terrible experiences trying to pronounce weird last names, haven't we? <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> and the, the worst part about it is that I wear it on my face, right? So, like, you can yeah. tell because I don't even know how to be cool about it. Like, like to say your name the wrong way and just keep a straight face. I don't have that. Right. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now we got Dustin with us. What's going on, man? It's good to see hey, you. Guys. Good to be here. Can you hear me? Everything yeah. good? All right. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, we didn't have any type of tech issues or anything like that beforehand. So I love how it show business. Everything just runs smooth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, what I mean? especially <laughs> in, the, in the Christian music industry, of course, there's never any problems, never any setbacks. Never. Nah. <laughs> all blessed. You know, we pray over everything before the show and it's all blessed after that. And <laughs> never, I mean, we've never had mic issues, sound issues, tech issues. Except for those few times. Right, except for, except for all the times it happened. Yeah, so, all the other times. So here's the deal, guys, uh, that, that, that you guys have been around for a while and you guys are still killing it, still putting out great music. Uh, five, was it five albums now, right? Five albums. Uh, how does that, how do you take that in and then how do you keep pushing yourself, right? Like, like hey, man, what else do we have to prove? I mean, like, <laughs> Like, what's the plan? Like, like, how do you take all that in, and uh, do you compete with yourselves? Like, like that that last album. Do you? How does that work? Hmm. That's a good question. I number one. I think there's. I, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you on eight <laughs> albums now? I think it's eight for you. Eight albums. Is that right, well, Mark? You know, it gets <laughs> it gets kind of confusing anymore. You know, you've been doing it too long when you can't even keep track. You know, it's like. <laughs> it's like um, I'm not keeping the count on how awesome I am. No, no. <laughs> so, well, let's see. So in 2002, we re released our debut album. So we had Say It Loud, Fight the Tide, The Face of Love, We Need Each Other, Pieces of a Real Heart, um, Run, and then we did The Dream. That's seven. So I guess that's seven records. And then Sparrow released a Greatest Hits album. And then we lost our original lead singer. <laughs> yeah. so and then dustin came on board and with dustin we've done a record called change and we've done a record called the Un unstoppable god uh mm -hmm. and prior to those even we released a little what was it three song ep or four songs or something we're like on uh, 10. yeah now we've got a couple I, eps I, out you kept going and showed me how wrong i was it's like you just did a quick surge, right? It's like, no, you didn't really look like no, but you guys, you just you guys have been like seriously. <laughs> that was like, thanks a lot, appreciate it, buddy. No, no. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. We <laughs> figure it out ourselves, man. It's, yeah, I'm reminding myself that's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I can only imagine how that you know that gets like that sometimes. Just so so I do I do gotta ask, man, you know, realistically, you know. What do you guys prefer, studio or road or touring? Like studio or touring? Oh, that's a good question. I I think a lot of that has to do with the season. 
Um, nothing to do with the question. He was like, I'm out. I know. Mark's left. <laughs> cool. I'll take this one. No worries, Mark. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I think it's a seasonal thing. I think to do this job, you have to uh, like both at times. Um, I like the, you know, one of the things I, I love is the writing part of it. When we, when we decide, Hey, we're going to go in and we kind of always write and I write a lot. Um, but I, I love kind of the creative process and trying to walk through some of those street seasons of honestly having the, the question of what do we want to say? I think we've been doing it long enough where you asked, I didn't answer your question before. Um, you asked the question about competing with ourselves and, and how do you keep the motivation to do it? Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll honestly tell you, and, and um, you know, I have four kids, Chris has four kids, Marcus, three kids. I think our motivation comes down to two things. One, it's our job. And so we have a lot of mouths to feed. And so just like every other person listening to this, you got to get up and go to work, whether you feel like it or not. Like, that's just, that's just how we look at it at times. Hey, this is what we've been called to do. This is how we support our families. Yeah. And the second thing is, uh, you know, before I was in the band, I worked in a church for 15 years. This is every bit as much of a ministry as when I worked in churches. Yeah. And, so, and that never stops. You know, you don't, I think for us, it's like we, we've been blessed with the ability to create music that seems to connect with people. And I feel like that's part of that is kind of this, this calling and talent that God has given us. So we use that. And I don't, I don't have, I don't look at it as like a competitive piece. Um, I look at it more of what, what can we say to people in this season? Like what is, what this world is kind of going crazy at times. Like how can we lend a voice to this through our music? Uh, that just kind of helps inspire people or brings hope to people and, or challenges people in, in some tough seasons. So I look at each record that way. Like, what what are we supposed to say with this one? Yeah. Yeah. Mark, you got anything? Did Mark hear any of that? Yeah, I was going to say, I missed the missed the question technically, but I No, he was, asking, he was actually answering the first question. Like, hey, do you yeah. compete with each album? You know what I mean? And right. Then, okay. you, 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 yeah, you had started talking about how awesome you were and how many – now unfortunately my phone is going crazy so i keep cutting it out anyways uh yeah i don't i don't think so i don't think that uh you know it, it is kind of an interesting thing i think there's always that desire um you know we we want what we do to affect culture in some way so it has to be the best it can be you know like we we want to always put our best foot forward and and write songs and make recordings that you know are just as good as anything else out there uh but i don't know if we look at it like we you know are in competition with ourselves i don't think there's ever pressure like well this to this we got to beat what we did the last time you know or or worse yet you know we got to so-and-so's doing this we got to beat them you know it's like <laughs> that that kind of thing maybe maybe 20 years ago there was maybe a little bit of that if i'm being honest but that just you know you get over that kind of stuff real quick after a while doing this it's not as you know there's plenty of things the lord uses to humble you along the way and the you know the the competitiveness if there was ever any to begin with is definitely beat yeah. out of you quick <laughs> 
No, I, I, I can only imagine because of the, 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 first of all, the fast pace of how the, the industry, the, the music industry in its entirety changes. And then you got, you know, when he said we got kids, I was like, and there's the answer right yeah. there. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> That changes everything right off the bat. Once you say I got kids, you know what I mean. And now, now, uh, as far as some of the challenges that you guys face on, you know, on the road, first of all, we're, we are we don't. I tell people all the time that the real difference, one of the biggest differences, a lot of times between uh, believers who are artists and those that maybe in the secular world, is that you know. We, you know, not everybody, of course, this is a general statement, but not everybody. It's like, you know, we know that we can't really represent what we're singing and what we're doing on stage if we're not taking care of our family. So how do you guys balance that with the touring and the, you know, the the ministry side? And then, of course, the, the family side. Um, I, I like it into the bad guys in all the movies, like they get all the cool toys. And the, and the good guys can't because they they got morals and they can't just do that. But <laughs> how do you? Yeah, it's like yeah, you know, my favorite movies are when they're like, I'm not a cop tonight. But uh, well, what? How do you guys balance that family and ministry, and I guess and even artists uh, in your life? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think we only do this because our families are part of that with us. And, and, you know, I think our wives, I would say all three of our wives are, um, they are partners in this and they have been from day one. When I joined the band eight years ago, uh, I mean, my wife, I, I always give her the credit because we went through some really tough times in those first few years. It was not accepted right away that we were still going on. And there was very little money, you know, it's the opposite of what people thought. People thought, we won the uh people thought i won the lottery or american idol or something and the reality was i took a huge pay cut for for two and a half years uh, but my wife believed and she would tell me every day i come home she said no you're you were called to this you know this is what you're supposed to be doing and she believed in it and i wouldn't be here unless she had that belief and so even through our um and my family it's balance is the key word, by the way, like it's, it's yeah, how do you maintain the balance? Well, you maintain it by keeping the balance. And um, we're always very, I think all three of us, it helps because we're all pretty well on the same page. We have to make enough money to pay our bills and do the things that we need to do. Uh, but at the same time, we are very thoughtful about how often we're on the road and how much we're on the road and when we're on the road and also putting aside uh, time aside for our families and for our kids. And, and I think any one of us have said, if our kid has a birthday or something, it's, it's an important thing for them to be home. We just make sure they're home. So, um, I think for us in everything, in all of life, we, it's really is trying to hit the word balance the most. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's that way, you know, I, it's glorified in a field like ours because we have to be on the road and we have to do all of this stuff, but it's that way for everybody. I mean, if you work 50 hours a week, you come home tired, right? You've got to still create balance in your life to, to celebrate your family and spend time with your kids. And I, I think for everybody, it's more important than people think all over, right? For us, it's just, you know, it's people look at it and be like, well, you're on the road all the time. It's so hard. I would say it's just, it was just as hard in church when I was working a hundred hours a week during Christmas season <laughs> to try to find that balance, you know? So 
I think it's just a part of normal life. And, and I think for us, we're all old enough and having, I have older kids as well as younger kids um, where it's, it's a constant conversation. Where is that, that balance? But our wives, but our wives are with us. I mean, they, they believe in what we do. They love what we do. They're incredibly supportive. Um, and we could not do this without that. You know, it's not, it's not a constant struggle for me. It's not, it's not always like my wife wants this and I want this. No, we're, we're usually on the same page. And I, I think it's that way with Mark. Right, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, uh, to have done this as long as um, myself and like our, our guitar player is not with us right now, Chris, uh, to have done this as long as what we have, it's, you know, it's, I just feel like when, when God calls you to do something, it's like he gives you a special grace meant for whatever that calling is, you know, like when, when God puts something in front of you to do, he just, he provides what's needed to be able to do it. And, you know, for us to have maintained this for, you know, 27 years now, <laughs> actually longer than I've been married. I've only been married 20 years. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just God's hands been on it. And, you know, there's just been a special grace uh, to be able to maintain like Dustin's talking about that balance. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, hopefully doesn't tip too far in either direction and, yeah. you know, God just makes it work. So one of my, my things is this, is that I, um, I had to deal with this, of course, uh, and and I, I'm so glad that I can get you guys in trouble instead of me because uh, it doesn't work out when I try to answer the question. But, you know, uh, a, a lot of artists are like, hey, man, I made this song. It really comes from God. I, I like it, it blesses me. Like, can you play this on your radio station? And then I listen to it and it's like. No, that's <laughs> not. <laughs> and so. So then I'm going, I'm going, I don't have a filter. How do I not hurt someone? This and that, right? And so then, then I, then I, I think about artists. I think about artists and, and who's who, and I'm like, hey guys, you got to have a standard. You got to be professional. This and that. Uh, and 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 I'm always constantly asked, when is that line drawn? Like, what is, what is worship? And then I then like. Like, what's the standard? We're supposed to be people of God, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I've heard it all. Where do you guys, like, how do we help people deal with that? That's a, that's a big question. Um, I, th I think, one, we always have to look at the big picture. And I think when people, you know, we're always biased. You know, we write a song, we think it's from God and it's special to us and then we throw it out in the big wide world and now you've got a you know you got a lot of people judging that song and it may not hit them and i think what happens is we we think we've done something well it's always that's that's about us right we're it's our song it's our message and the scary part with that is we can put so much of ourselves in that 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 can become our identity and then when someone says no we lose part of ourself because we go, well, God, why didn't you, I thought this came from you. The reality, the reality is music and songwriting, you know, music and songwriting, there's, to me, there's a couple things with it that people miss. One, and I hate, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to get myself in trouble because I want to explain it. But one, when you do what we do, music is a, music is your product. It's the thing that you're putting out there for people to listen to, hear, and hopefully connect to. Not everybody's going to connect to it. 
Sanctus Rio used to be a pop punk kind of rock and roll band. They moved to before me. Don't blame me. They moved to <laughs> you know, they moved to Christian Radio CCM, and in that process, there were people who thought they lost something, and there were people who thought they gained something, and it was all based on the subjectivity of the listener, and the listener decides whether or not your your thing, what you've created, is good, not us, and that's that's the thing. The problem with that is it's so very subjective, isn't it? Like, it's so very subjective. What kind of music you like, if you like your music raw, if you like. Now, I'll also say this. There's a lot of American Idol syndrome where some mamas and brothers and sisters need to tell somebody they're not as good as they think they are. Okay. That's just fair, right? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you try to stay out of trouble, but you're like, ah, forget it. This is a talent-based business. Like, the people who are good at something that God has said has blessed them with the gift to do it. Even, even those people struggle to get heard and get, I mean, this it's, it's hard to do regardless. And so we put so much of our identity and our culture into getting attention and being out there and being successful. It breaks people. It really, it really does this pursuit of this career. And, and somehow or another, Mark will tell you, I don't even know how I got here other than these guys heard me and said, Hey, do you want to be in this band? Cause I was, I was just working at a church. So of all the people to say this, <laughs> I probably better than most. Uh, but I I'll tell you in my, in my eight years of this, I have seen more people damaged and hurt by this, that by the pursuit of this career than blessed. And a lot of times it's because they tied their personal self-worth or their calling or what you know that even what you said, God, God, God told me to write this or do something. Yeah. That's a that's a dangerous place to be when you when you start because actually what you're doing, and I will get myself in trouble with this. But if I tell you that God told me to write this, then I'm then then now you have to decide whether you believe me or not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Either, either I'm connected to God or I'm not. And now you get to decide that question for me. So it's a dangerous question. It's a hard way to put it. And I think if people let go and just did it because of love and how they feel about God, instead of trying to get millions of people to hear it, they would probably be more healthier and have a better chance of getting a million people to hear it. So yeah. all of those things. Sorry, Mark. I no, took that. No, that, was, that was great. No, you're fine. That's awesome. <laughs> what do you Preach got? it, preacher. <laughs> Mark knows me. He knows I'll get fired up about some of that. <laughs> That's good because, man, I mean, this, this, you know, like you said, a lot of people do end up getting hurt. And you know, I love what you said, tied their identity. That That's a pretty big deal. Um, and I do know that in this particular industry, like as a gatekeeper myself, I really try to make sure that not just that the uh, that i know that i know the investment that the secular industry puts into their products and things like that to make sure that that their end user connects with them right that it resonates with them and i'm like i can't i can't sit here and say that i am a child of god and uh i 
I want to give God my best and then cut corners on the standard or certain things like that. It's like, you know, no, I, I'm not, I'm putting this, I'm not going to let the, the, those that don't believe in God outdo <laughs> the things of God. I think that's a, that's a huge thing. But what do you got, Mark? Um, I mean, I, it's probably just kind of more of the same along the lines of what Dustin was saying, but I, you know, I just, I think of like, uh, the scripture where oh man my mind's going blank but <laughs> you know where uh who is it that said the the words you know I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give to god something that cost me nothing you know what i'm talking about david that was david when, that uh, was david okay yeah that's exactly right okay i wasn't sure i feel like i always you know everybody always says oh david wrote this and that and so anyways, <laughs> got a 70% chance when it comes to David, you know, That's just... true. <laughs> you know, well, I'm glad it was David because David also wrote things like, you know, play skillfully unto the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, there, there's something to when God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come on, Mark. His, listen, the way, the way, yeah, yeah like two. 20 seconds to talk, and it was like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mark's a drummer. It's cool. But I do hear, but you know, like, you know, the, the reality that, you know, um, we, we talk about, I know the, the real issue is, it's like, I want to say passion versus standard, right? You know, I'm all about people finding. <laughs> right. Hello? Uh, there you go. <laughs> we, Sorry. About Bible, we were like, oh. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but when you uh, were David. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, just the idea, I think, and we see it in the New Testament scriptures as well, you know, when Jesus is talking about the talents, you know, and the guys are each are given a talent and they one guy buries it, you know, others invest it, you know, the, all those things. It's like when God gives us something, you know, we're called to invest in it, invest it itself and, and just hone that, whatever it is, you know, for us, we're talking about musical talents here on the show, but you know, it, it's like, we need to, we need to not be lazy about it and take it for granted, but we need to work on it and hone our craft and grow in this, the gifts that God's given us and uh, make them, make them something worth offering, you know, and, and, you know, obviously God looks at the heart more than anything. So let's obviously keep that in mind. Uh, our motives in our hearts speak louder than, you know, whether or not we're the greatest drummer on the planet or whatever. But, uh, you know, but there's something to just being faithful with the craft that God's called you to, whatever it is. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think the church has definitely gotten a lot better at that over the years. But, you know, there's always still room to grow. But at the same time, again, not neglecting the the heart part of it, you know, making sure that our motives and and why we wanna why we wanna do it well are are pure. <laughs> yeah. No, when I think about uh you know, one of my closest friends, Jason Ferris, you guys know Jason. Uh oh yeah. Yeah, Jason is a, one of my very good friends. I've been friends with him for years. And uh you know, with him and I, I, I remember when uh I first like you know, I, I knew him before they, they were, he was with uh, Brett Stone before, but um, <laughs> I remember thinking like, man, this guy 
really takes his stuff seriously. You know what I mean? He really, you know, and 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 uh, he and he started telling me about the importance of how to mic drums. I'm like, dude, it's not already, isn't it already enough that you know how to play the drums, but now he wants to mic them right and this and that. And I watched this guy focus when he's on stage or doing production and things like that. And I'm going like, how much information can your brain entertain, right? And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, he's doing this to make sure it comes across for the kingdom of God the right way. And I, you know, um, it, it, when you think about, again, when you think about the effort that in the secular world they put in just to entertain people, you know, you don't know if you're walking out with 50 people who give their lives to the Lord or 500 people give their lives to the Lord. Uh, and so, I, I, first of all, I always want to say this to you guys. I've always wanted to say this to you guys. Thank you so much for taking that yeah, that stance to to not put out crappy music. <laughs> and that was from the bottom of the heart, man. Like, thank <laughs> and when I say the music, I also mean the production as well, bro. Like, like taking that seriously. Now, are you guys hands on, or are you guys more like whatever the producers want? Mm, that's a good question too. Uh, we're pretty hands on, I think. We know, we know what our sound is. We know what we want. Um, I think too, sometimes we'll look at each individual song and each song for us will have a purpose. Um, and so we might go, hey, this song is a radio. We want this song to be a radio song. So we'll make it fit. We'll fit the box of radio with it. Um, and so that's how we'll want it produced or how we'll be hands on with it. Other songs, you know, we might have some songs we just think are artistic and a great message. And so we'll be more creative with the production on it. We have some, honestly, we have some new songs coming out next year uh, that are, we've been pretty darn creative <laughs> in the process. Um, so for us, it, it kind of is, what's the purpose of this song? What is the vibe of this song? What, for me, a lot of times is how does the production boost the message of this song or the melody of the lyric of this song um it's not always just about being cool though we want to we want to be cool we want to write music that people will listen to uh like you're saying uh but also at the same time how does that production add to our our message that we as a band want to convey uh, i think if you're in christian music and you don't you don't understand the power of message then you're a step behind um mm -hmm. Because I, I think more than anything, there's no point in being in Christian music if you don't understand what you're trying to say. And I think a lot of people miss that part. They just kind of throw Christian cliches out there, which honestly, let's be honest, any song can have those and there's nothing wrong with those. But <laughs> but but the depth, of, the depth of what you're trying to say, you know, for a lot of bands, they miss that part because they're so concerned with, with other things. And for us, the production and, you know, God, all I can say is this, God has given us the grace. I think a lot of times uh, we have, it's funny because Mark, Chris and I have kind of differing sensibilities sometimes when it comes to music, but it's in those, it's in those differing sensibilities that we kind of combine and have created this sound that we have now. And it's been a really unique thing. So yeah, it's, it's, um, I think for us, it, we, we want to be professional. We want we want the songs to sound as good as they can sound. We're not going to cut corners on sound quality or or professionality and that kind of stuff. I think we've been blessed to have good enough ears to understand what that means. 
And um, but more than anything, we want all our production to kind of boost the value of the message. I think that's our number one goal. Martin. Yeah, what he said. Did he freeze? Did he freeze? <laughs> 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 Okay today, bro. Can you hear me? He froze. He froze. Totally froze. I thought he was really listening astute. (laughs) Can you? We can still hear you. You can still hear me, but you can't see me. Well, no, you're just frozen. Okay, let me see if. uh, No, I'm still frozen. Oh, frozen? You're just frozen, bro. There you go. There we go. Is that working? Nope. There you are. Oh, oh, hold on. There it is. No, it's no. Frozen. frozen. It's just a different frozen. <laughs> Can you see me rub my nose? Nope. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know what's going on, you guys. Whatever you do, don't pick your nose. I right? like it's gonna freeze frame. Yeah, it's freeze It'll get stuck in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but. I do want to ask you guys this because I think it's, you know, it's important. Like, you know, uh, obviously we do things for a different reason. And so it's like, hey, you know, like we're not keeping up with the times. But, you know, uh, you guys reach, you guys have a huge audience. Your audience is from, you know, the, from kids to adults. I mean, you guys really do have a, a, a huge audience. Um, what, why not see that success and go, hey, man, we can be like the next like just positive band why stay in that christian realm when there's that whole conversation of what is christian what is positive uh you know how how do you guys stay in that lane and 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 not be kind of like oh man maybe our checks would be a little bit bigger if we did this how do you avoid that or is is that even something you guys you know kind of deal with as mark are you there still (laughs) i'm here I was gonna let you take some of this, this one to start because I think every time I speak, you're just like, "Yeah, what he said." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're still just smiling at me from a frozen screen. So, yeah. go ahead, Mark. Can you hear me though? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'll yeah, I'll take a shot here. <laughs> um, so you know, I I think it kind of comes back to once again just this idea of uh, what you what you feel like God's put on your heart to say, and you know, obviously we see differences between different artists. Um, you know, I know like years ago when the band Switchfoot first came out on the scene, from the very beginning, if you go back and listen to those guys' first records, before they blew up huge with the whole beautiful letdown record and Meant to Live and that big single that took over alternative radio at that time, you know, before all that even, lyrically, the concepts of their records that they put out it didn't really change, you know. I think from the beginning, they they always used to say that they believed that God had called them as a band to not be the ones, you know, trying to throw out the answers all the time, but to be a band who was uh, focused more on asking the right questions, you know. Uh, and you know, it's definitely a unique thing. And I know that they've had their struggles over the years with people being critical of that approach, but. Um, but I think God's used it in, in big ways for them. Uh, and they've, they've continued down that, that path. You know, I think for us, we were always, uh, you know, we were a bunch of guys that pretty much grew up in the church. And I think we've just really 
had a heart for that youth culture. You know, we were guys that listened to contemporary Christian music ourselves as teenagers and loved what those bands meant to us uh, and loved having that kind of, you know, an alternative to the things that were out in the world that, you know, maybe musically we enjoyed, but lyrically it wasn't the best thing, <laughs> you know, to be filling our, our, our minds and our souls with. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just think from an early age, we always felt called to be uh, a little more blatant, I guess, with our faith and our songwriting and whatnot. Uh, and, and that's just the path that God led us down. So as far as, you know, for me personally, anyway, as far as the whole, like, you know, can, could we, could we be a bigger band or make more money if we weren't so, you know, Jesus, this Jesus, that, <laughs> you know, I think maybe at one time that seemed like it was real, but I don't know anymore. It's like to this day, one of the biggest songs that has just ever been, not even just in Christian music, but one of the biggest songs that's ever been out there on radio is I could only imagine. And I don't think you could get much more Christian than that song. You know, I think if, if God wanted to take one of our songs and blow us up into the biggest band in the country, he could do, he could do it. If he wanted to do that, he would do it. And, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, the seeker friendly or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's God will use whatever God wants to use. I mean, it's all going to come back to whether he really wants that to happen to us, you know, and I'm, you know, I think myself and the guys, we're good with whatever, whatever God has for us is what we will do. You know, one of the things I think about is, first of all, the importance of music and how important music is to American culture, specifically uh, uh, American culture and, and how uh, I, I'm, I'm a, obviously I'm an MTV baby, grew up, you know, MTV, like I saw the impact, like I knew what everybody was going to be wearing the next day based off what was in, on MTV, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and then, of course, I saw the power of how uh, music brought people together that normally maybe wouldn't even spoke or talk to each other. And, and that was just based off the sound, right? One of the, one, I remember, I'll never forget one of the biggest things that I, I was shocked about was when I, when I, I heard uh, this group called NWA. <laughs> NWA, so they, they asked NWA a question. They said, when did you know you made it? And they were like, we knew we made it when we went to a concert uh, in the middle of America and it was nothing but white people there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it was all white people singing gangster rap songs. And it was like, we, we were like, yep, that's, we made it. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, wow, I like that transition. And then when I would talk to uh, white people about why does hip hop resonate with you? They were able to say it, it transcended. It went past just this message here, this message here, right? It was like, I took it as my walk with my parents and this and that. And I remember thinking like, well, that's a lot of work to go from a, a gangster rap song to how it affects you, like, to interpret it in a poetic way. <laughs> that's a lot. I'm like, why, why is it, <laughs> like, why is it Christian music translating that way? And I realized at the time, because most of us were thinking Christian music belongs in the church. What do you think the impact of Christian music like like you said, Switchfoot is like 
what do you think the the real impact is when Christian music gets outside of Christian radio, outside of the church? Because uh, I know that there's a lot of times where Christian young people love Christian music, but then when they're around their friends, they're scared to share it. How, how do you how do we help that kid? How do we help that person say, you know what this? I, we are going to listen to Sanctus Real. Uh, we are going to listen to Skillet in the car. I'm driving. I pay the gas. It's my car. <laughs> how, how do we deal with that? Well, man, that's a process. I, I think what, what has made this thing hard is, and gosh, I get myself in trouble, Mark. I'm so sorry. With what I'm <laughs> I, think, I think Christian music has become Christian radio music. And I don't, I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way, but Christian radio has a specific listener who they're trying to reach. And, it, and honestly, it's a reality. It's a, it's a business thing as well as it is a ministry thing, right? Um, and so when you're trying to- Preaching right there, man. Yeah, because <laughs> because our, our income is tied to it, because all this stuff, there's more than just, hey, let's create good music. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of factors involved in all of this. But when we're when we're writing songs and our biggest outlet to get music heard is Christian radio, then all of us artists have to fit the thing that Christian radio is. And that has gotten a bad a bad rap. It's got a similar type of listener and it's hard to break out of that. It's hard to do what we do effectively and make enough money to feed a lot of kids and families and uh without christian radio and so you see a lot of bands having to take their creativity and put it towards what christian radio sounds like and i, I don't mean that that's not a knock on christian radio so no, it's, no, no. it's just a reality um the the difficulty is that sound is not the sound that 16 year old kids are listening to i know this i have a 16 year old kid so i think what happens for us a lot of times is and and we have this wonderful future thing we actually don't have a label we're independent and so we have this freedom to be able to write some of the christian radio sound but also we can do some other sounds as well at times and um i think one of the things because music transcends it's not just christian or non-christian like we're still using the same chords we're using the same instruments yeah, yeah, yeah. We can create the same hooks. For us, it comes down to what I was saying before. It's it's what is the message, right? And the message is we have to go beyond, again, we have to go beyond some of the simple cliche things that we tend to do all the time. We have to make our music, we have to make Christianity feel real and, and not a glistening like billboard in this saying, here's God, like everybody run to this thing when we don't even define or tell people what that thing is, it's almost like it's just going to fix your life if you get to that billboard, but it ain't, that's not what Christianity is about. And, but it, it's so easy for songwriters to just do that because it's easy and it connects to people and people go, I want that. I want that. I want that. But it's, it's not deep. It's, it's, it's a very shallow way of looking at music and Jesus. And I think for a lot of Christian bands, it take, it's going to be a risk to write songs that maybe are challenging a little more than we're doing. And I don't just mean, by the way, theological. There's so much in this. I know what you're saying. Um, it's just, for us, it's it's got to be more than just fitting a box. You know, Chris, I can't write anything but Christian music. I can't. And here's the problem. Here's why. 
because I am a Christian. So any topic I write about is going to come through the lens of Christianity, right? Like this is how I view love and this is how I view even sexual relationships. I view it from this, this viewpoint of how Jesus, I think Jesus would view it. So I can't help but write a Christian worldview, even if it's secular music, even if I was writing secular music, I couldn't help but write a Christian worldview on whatever it is I'm talking about. That might not even be labeled as Christian for a lot of people because I don't talk about, well, I'm not going to go into that, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And so I, I think there's a, a, a world of, and there are, by the way, there are artists doing it. It's, it's oh, not like it doesn't exist. They just don't get the fanfare and they don't get the radio and they don't get the things that we all look at and say it's success. They're not, they haven't made a clear stance on like what it is, but you, you see them definitely taking music on a deeper level or their lyrics on a deeper level. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that um, this is where, again, so, so let me tell you how I see you guys before I let Mark answer that question. Uh, I always looked at Christian artists as the Levites. Because they were musical priests, right. and, and they, they were also the warriors. Uh, there were also these people that, that were able to identify what the culture was doing, take that temperature, and then, like, report it to the prophet or the king or whatever. They were able to say, hey, yeah, these people, they're about to wild out. This is, you know, and then, and you know, and, and, and be able to take the temperature of what God is doing at the same time. Um, and I, I think that that, there, there really is a, it's a shame that the industry has industrialized so much uh, because it, it does change the that organic impact that uh, we, you know, well, you know, my tell my age, but 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 you know, in the early '60s, and you know, there was an organic impact that that music really took, and then before before it got industrialized, um, but I, I I do believe that the the one thing that confused a lot of people was how the church did, did not initially respond well to Christian rock and Christian rap. I, I thought it was a civil war happening. I was like, what is going on? But did, uh, Mark, did that impact you guys at all when you first came out? I think you might have been coming out at the back end of it. Uh, but what? what how did when that whole thing was going on, how did you guys survive that Christian civil war? Yeah. You, you know, it, I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> it, it was a little bit of a thing still back in our beginning stages. Um, not for long, thankfully, but I can remember going to um, a little Baptist church in Milan, Michigan called Milan Baptist church. Uh, we're still friends to this day with the couple that used to pastor that church. But um, we got we got brought in to be a part of a youth event. And uh, somebody <laughs> went through the church uh, like the night before we showed up. And, you know, they had all these little posters advertising the band hung up around the church. And somebody had went through and cool. written on the written on the posters, uh, something like, uh, you've let Satan into the building or something like that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've, you know, we've dealt with a, a touch of that. Now, granted, that that was like 20 years ago, but <laughs> right. um, 
you know, it, it's, it's interesting uh, to see how far the culture has come, both, you know, inside the church culture and outside of it, uh, and, and our ability as believers to loosen the grip on maybe what, what I would call maybe some of our religiosity <laughs> and, yeah. and just kind of open our minds a little bit to the, the fact that, you know, as Dustin was saying earlier, it's, it's like Christians can write about more than just Christian things. You know, uh, you know, I heard, I think it was Phil Kagey once said, you know, we don't need more Christians writing about Christian things. We need more Christians writing about things and, right. you know, just like letting it, letting it be, uh, you know, cause I, I think that we as believers were meant to be in every arena out there and affecting culture. And it, it doesn't have to be under the, the guise of, you know, this is just another Christian version of, you know, this isn't, isn't just another, like some kind of ministry thing. It, I can't stand it. Yeah. Like I, you know, I mean, the Bible calls God's people, you know, says that we're supposed to be the head, not the tail, right? Like we're supposed to be the leaders and, and all this stuff and not just constantly mimicking what the world has done. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I think that we, we have come a long way, uh, but I think we need to stay on, stay on track and, and keep on uh, being not just relevant in the culture, but I, I feel like we're at a place now in a phase now as, as believers in Christ, like we need to be the ones creating the culture. You know, I feel like maybe we've gotten to a place where we're not just mimicking what the world has done and we're not, you know, we're, we're, we've gotten just as good at it as they are. You know, it's like, I think we need to set our eyes even further beyond that and, and remember the fact that we're, we're following the God who created everything we see. And, you know, we need to fall in the footsteps of our father and his creativity and be the ones uh, setting the trends now and being the ones who are yeah. coming so, up with the new technologies and whatever, you know, all that, all that stuff. So I think that uh, one, one of the things that happened as we crossed over into modern culture was that uh, of course there's technology, you know, there's Oprah. <laughs> there's, <laughs> You know, there's Donahue and all the talk shows. Kids are getting more educated. The civil rights movement's over. Blacks and whites are getting along. You know, it's like, you know, the, the prosperity preaching's out. MTV's out. You know, the church had never seen such social movements as this. And, you know, and then what I think, one of the things that I think that happened was as modern culture began to unite and of course you got different types of belief systems uh, being challenged, you know, the, the, the church had to now ask about, answer a bunch of questions that they weren't used to even, you know, not, not even knowing that we even had. Uh, yeah, the, the church was uh, the church not had to deal with a society that it didn't recognize anymore, right? You know, what do you do when you know it, we had our perfect little black church, perfect little white church, and all of a sudden it's like this? You know, that that movie the, with the the Jesus Revolution. Now the hippies are showing up. You know, these these people that you knew had their guaranteed spot in hell are now a part of <laughs> culture. <laughs> <laughs> They're now part of church culture. You're seeing blacks and whites getting along on the same side of the street. It's total mayhem. 
And then, and then, you know, the one thing, if you think about it, as you're getting older, then you want to, you want to pin that word holy and sacred on it. It's like, but surely we know what Christian music is. And then here comes that distortion. Here comes that Christian rap. Here comes that drummer and the, the it's like, no. It, so I have to hold on to that idea of what holiness is. Um, and, and, <laughs> You know, what do you, what do you, when you think about, well, I, I would like to know for you guys, what, when, when it comes down to being as brave as, as you guys kind of have to be to challenge all the different perspectives uh, and opinions of what God is doing specifically with you guys or even in the industry, how do you not allow yourselves to get overwhelmed by, I guess, those opinions and, and all that stuff? Or do you just turn to just a negative? I like you didn't hear it or or inside are you going, hey, you know, did we go too far? Did we do something wrong? Like how do you how do you make sure you're not being affected by everybody else's ideas of what God is doing with you? Oh, that's a good question. Um Man, I, I think if me personally, I think my my view of Jesus is a simple one. I think it's the way of Jesus. It's it's the simplicity of the fruits of the spirit of the love gospel is it's loving people and not just loving people the way, you know, I, I mean, the reality is everything a human does is imperfect because we don't know the whole story. So, our you know, we talk about virtues you talking about the social stuff and, and, you know, there's so much fake compassion. There's so much fake empathy. There's so much of this kind of stuff. And part of it is, is because we can't really have compassion and empathy on people. We don't really know. And I don't know your story. You don't know my story. So it's, it's this beauty of Jesus was always about the individual story. Like he, he would get to know people. So his, his world, I mean, his world was huge, but he showed us how we can impact individual people. The stuff you're talking about is cultural noise. It's not, it's not personal impact. And yeah. so there's got to be a, there's got to be something in people that says, I want to make personal impact. And in order to do that, you kind of have to shut out the cultural noise because nobody's going to agree with everything we do. <laughs> Nobody. And so there are so many varying sides. And now more than that, there's so many ways for these people to get at you, whether it's social media or the great X now, they can get at you in every way. And so I, it's more about the volume of the voices than anything that's changed is everyone's voice has been amplified. And I mean, we talked about it earlier. Everyone's looking for a stage when you're asking about people who are trying to make careers in this. It's all about getting listeners and stages and, and how big is my platform, right? But there's no, there's not a lot of personal impact. There's, you can't show a lot of fruit by, by talking and singing all the time. That has to be included in your normal life. Like the people around you, are you impacting people the way that Jesus impacted people? Those are the people you actually know, right? Those are the people that I, I know their story and I know, and so I can truly be compassionate with this person. And I can truly show empathy or, or kindness or introduce them to Jesus the right way, right? It's, it's, um, it's just, <laughs> we're talking about some big topics that require a lot of, a lot of nuance, right? There's a lot of things <laughs> involved in this. So 
but the but the reality for me is i i cannot allow cultural cultural noise to impact my my personal calling right like of people around me even our songs our songs aren't meant to um our songs aren't we're not trying to challenge if you listen to our songs we're not trying to challenge culture we're trying to make personal impact on people and we're trying to see meet people because i know that everybody what we go through i don't know why they go through it but i know that we all deal with a lot of the same thing and a song is the place where you can listen to it and this person can listen to it and your stories might be different but you'll find common ground and it's the beauty of music a lot of times it, is that we're trying to create a space for common ground and common like i don't care if you're black or white we all struggle with insecurity we all struggle with fear we all struggle because we're humans right we 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 literally are dealing with our own importance all the time that's what i think the number one problem with humanity is we struggle all struggle dealing with our own importance yeah some people think they're too important others think they're not important at all so Gee, I, I, I think that's where we're, you, where we're, the message of Jesus is the kingdom of heaven, that he gives us value and worth and not culture. And so what we're trying to write is whether, you know, Paul said in the kingdom of heaven, there's no male, female, Jew, and Greek, all this stuff. And I, I would add black, white, all this stuff into it, that God has given us all an equal value and an equal worth. And the church is missing that. We're still finding our value and how many followers we have what we're saying we think we're smart and we can fix everybody's problems right i mean that's literally what we do we get on we get on our soapboxes and think we're going to fix everybody by bringing awareness to something and i think we need to just start bringing awareness to the kingdom of heaven which is the greatest equalizer uh oh this is about the most controversial thing i think i've said in eight years sorry mark <laughs> thanks thanks pastor duke <laughs> I think it's awesome. I just pat. I mean, I, th I think it. I, our world is so broken because we all we all fight for our ideas, and I think as Christians, our ideas are secondary to the calling of Christ. Honestly, which is the kingdom, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. So good, man. So good, Mark. What do you got? Oh man, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Now he's gonna disappear somewhere. Yeah, I feel like if I start talking, I'm, I'm just going to, like, my phone's going to crop out. But... You know, I think we're all thinking that. We're all thinking there's no, like, like you know, that can't be what it is. Say it quick. Um, I mean, yeah, in all, in all honesty, I just feel like it's uh, very much like what you're saying, Dustin. Just, it's, it, it all comes back to, for me, I, I think of it in terms of, you know, what is what has God told me to do? Who has God called me to be? What what is he wanting me to say? And, you know, I think first off, you, you only get to that place by legitimately seeking God. You know, I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, as Dustin was saying, just the, the voices are so loud. A lot of times uh, we're affected by those outside voices because we're just simply listening to them too much <laughs> and you know i think we all need to find that that balance and like for me being honestly kind of an introverted person who just you know tons and tons of interaction and tons and tons of noise which just wears me out <laughs> you know like 
yeah. I, I, I'm the guy who gets more, much more uh, recharged by sitting in a room alone for a while, <laughs> you know? So for me, like it just, you know, I'm not a big social media guy. Like the little bit of it I'm on, it's usually because I have to be for the band in some way or another. Uh, most of the time, if I even get on my personal social media pages, I walk away feeling really stressed out from it. <laughs> you know? uh, and it's it's just like, you know, how, how much of that will I allow into my heart and soul versus just being alone in a room with the Lord and trying to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and hear what he has to say to me. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think that's, that's where it all comes back to for me is how much are we really listening to God himself and the things that he specifically wants to speak to our hearts. Um, and then going out and living out what he's telling us to do versus what everybody else seems to think that we should be doing or thinking or saying or whatever, you know, does that make sense? No, no, it makes perfect sense because I think that one, once we take our, our eyes off him, we really genuinely don't know what we're going to get. You know what I mean? The way we, what, the way we, what? Yeah. It, one of the things that we're really doing is just shooting a shot in the dark and then and hoping God blesses it when we when we do that. Um, do, do you guys do you guys have a show? First of all, if you guys got to go, remember I have a four hour show, so. I I do need to go I, in a minute. I have a I can hear my three year old crying and she's being watched by my twelve year old. Yeah. My, <laughs> my wife is not here, and I think uh, it might be escalating out there. Like, no, don't get me <laughs> It's just like, like, does he know that there's a fire behind him? No, 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 don't get in trouble, dude. Oh, well, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Seriously, oh, you guys are great, great, great. I can't wait to see you guys here. All right, same here. Take it easy, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so Dustin had to go, but if you got to go, bro, let me know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got a couple more minutes, I think. But okay. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, you know, is just you know, the the reality of where where we are today. Uh, in, you know, in not just in music, but of course, uh, you know, um, no, a lot of a lot of a lot of believers right now are saying, "Hey, how do we find our place in that 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 influential place?" I'm not a pastor. I'm not a you know a worship leader. I am an artist. I am an actor. I am an actress. Um, how do we how do we find our place in that and not give in? to the compromise that sometimes that culture uh, of being a mainstream actor or actress or artist or whatever can kind of come with. How do you, how do I hold my standard and not, not, not give into that compromise? Do you have anything to say towards that? It is even possible to say, Hey, I'm not doing these kind of movies. I'm not, I don't want to talk like this. What would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it absolutely is. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it's all going to have a give and take to it. Uh, uh, I, you know, I I knew a guy back in the day who kind of had this little movement, and part of it was he created this like clothing line and posters and stuff, and it was just all this kind of unique artwork. But the the theme, the message that he had, like on all the posters, the shirts or whatever, 
uh, was it, it just simply said, we will never be popular. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole idea was, you know, as believers, that's good. We have to recognize that at some at some point, the simple fact that Jesus made it pretty clear. He said, "You know, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you too." Uh, and you know, there, there's a point at which us standing up for what we believe in will cost us, and yeah. we got to be willing to to cross that line or not cross that line. You know, and uh, but just. Just like when Jesus says, you know, if, if you acknowledge me I, I'll, before others, I'll acknowledge you before my father in heaven. You deny me, I'll deny you. You know, it's like, that's a hard thing to hear Jesus of all people say, but that's what he said. And, you know, and knowing the Lord, like I know that his heart in that for us is nothing but love. It's, 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 I've created you to be something extraordinary. And the way to be that person I've created to be is is not by shuddering down and giving into the fear of what the world around you thinks of you. You know, think about what your heavenly father thinks of you and who he's created you to be and the fact that you're his child. And if if you're the king's kid, nobody's messing with the king's kid, you know. <laughs> um, but. You know, I think beyond that, it's it's like it comes back again to just as you're seeking the Lord and you're laying these things at his feet, he's going to speak to your heart and he's going to show you uh, what he's he's made you for. He's going to show you what what you're meant to do. Um, and there'll be some specific things about it, you know, uh, and it, you know, it very well may be to be the next, you know, Oscar winning actor in some role right beside a, a Tom Hanks or somebody like that. You know, it's like, it could very well be that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How much uh, has fear ever tried to stop you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the reason why I ask is because obviously, you know, uh, like dude, we said at the beginning, man, you got 10 albums out. So is it is 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 fear ever something that that's no longer an issue, or is this just a, a, like a constant ongoing battle? Uh, does it, you know is it like with each album it shows up in a different way, or is is your confidence going like how does that especially when it comes to selling tickets, stage, you know uh, how how many arenas you sell out, the popularity like how how does fear try to like manipulate because it's it's all to me it's always trying to find a way in sure yeah i mean i i think from the beginning for me uh you know for me personally like you know as a kid i used to struggle with anxiety to like a crazy degree and you know uh as a shy quiet kid full of anxiety the last thing i would have ever expected is that god would call me to be on a stage in front of people <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he did. <laughs> um, but you know, again, there's there's grace when God calls you to do something. He empowers you to do it and gives you what you need. And you know, I can honestly say that, you know, when, when we started this band, I, I was really I was a kid. You know, uh, I was 18 years old when I met the other guys and we started playing music together. But it was really through that process that kind of 
walking through that fire of being in a situation where, okay, if you want to play drums for people, you have to get up in front of them, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, yeah, it just, you know, it's just, you just kind of sink or swim kind of thing, but God used that to build that confidence and to, to give me the grace to overcome my fears, you know, but, but it does, it, it changes its face over the years, you know, then the fear becomes, you know, well, how come, how come we're not getting a record deal when I thought we would, you know, and maybe we're not good enough. And, you know, it's like all these things, you know, start speaking insecurities into our minds and, you know, and then you get the record deal and then it's, you know, well, how come the record sales aren't quite what everybody was hoping they'd be? Or how come that radio single didn't do quite as good as what we thought it would? You know, <laughs> it always changes its face, but it's the same baloney. <laughs> you know, it's the same stuff. You know, what's funny to me is that uh, I, I think that fear, fear is one of those things that that the enemy uses to see what we really believe you know what I mean about our mm. yeah I think it's one of those things like because I know I notice with people uh such as yourself uh you know with things it's real um <laughs> you know whether it's David Crowder or whether it, no matter who it is the, when I ask them about the fear thing they're like oh yeah that guy he's always trying to hang out he's always trying to start something I've never heard one artist I don't care how successful they are how well known they are they're like that guy is always trying to show up, you know the and you, and you brought up the the, uh, the insecurity and all of that, and I'm like, what what is that? Where no matter where, what is that? Where you can do a million things right, but it's always easier to hear that negative. What do you think that mm. is? Gosh, that that is a good question. Uh... Well, you know, what, what do I think it is? I mean, honestly, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys that's definitely bought into at least some degree of, I think, spiritual warfare is a real thing. Uh, I think that, you know, there is a devil out there. <laughs> now, I don't think there's one hiding under every rock, like some people would maybe push it to that extreme. thinking with that all day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, you know, I just, I just think that there, there are things that like to speak lies in, into our heads. And if we allow our heads to take hold of those things, rather than taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ, you know, as soon as you let that lie get a little hold in there, it can take root and really wreak havoc on your soul. And, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is though about, about, that that particular you know you can do so many things right and yet one thing <laughs> wrong and it just will yeah, eat at you <laughs> now, does that happen has that ever happened to you i mean are you, are you your worst critic oh yeah yeah you know we uh i'll give you a perfect example so like last weekend uh right before road trip where we had three shows in a row chris and i had gotten together and we uh went through a bunch of our um, production stuff, just a bunch of mic cables, mics, the way that our, our, our rack units were set up for our monitors and all that, just, you know, a bunch of technical garbage. And, <laughs> and we, we just kind of went through and redid everything. Yeah. And cleaned it all up and got it ready for these shows. And, uh, you know, 
I, I relabeled a bunch of these um, mic connections on a box, you know, amongst a billion other things that Chris and I did. And when we got to the first show, it turned out I had labeled this, this stage box incorrectly. Everything was off by like one, one was too far over. So you had to relabel the whole thing. Simple mistake, but we're sitting there trying to get set up and get sound check. And these production guys are there with the production company on stage and they're having to take an extra 10 minutes to relabel this box that I screwed up. Like that drove me nuts. The rest of the whole time. Oh man. I was so mad at myself. I did so many other things that day that were perfect and fine and we were ready to go except for that one dumb box. But that's the thing I thought about the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I wonder, sometimes I, I wonder if it's just a, if it's a constant reminder that, of, of, you know, that, you know, one, how perfect he is, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and how, you know, like, like we're always going to be, you know, um, we're always going to make mistakes and everything like that. But I think it's just, it helps us keep perspective, but it, it also I think it shows us our nature that, that how fast we are to kind of beat up on ourselves. And, and I'm yeah. like, well, if I'm going to beat up on myself, then yeah, I definitely need a guy that's got a little dose of forgiveness. <laughs> you right. Know, like, like, man, you, you know, so I, I think that's one of the, one of the issues, you know, when, when you guys are, are making music, Especially making music about uh, kind of like the the I won't say it's it's not just always from just just the spiritual side, but you guys also deal with a lot of uh, you know emotional and scenarios. Like you guys are great at that stuff. Uh, what do you, what what do you think? Um, what's that process like? Do you do you guys like create a scenario and then write to it? Like this is the soundtrack for this scenario. But how how do you come up with that? that vibe yeah i think um it always tends to come out of some sort of personal experience kind of just whatever we're going through the time a, a lot of the songs are written uh as a result of a conversation uh getting in the room together and just talking about so what's up guys what, how's it going you know like where's everybody at uh and you know those conversations just something always comes out of those and you know we're all human you know so everybody's everybody's got something going on in life you know and yeah. uh so yeah a lot of it is just really the uh the song is kind of our way of dealing with or trying to make sense of whatever you know whatever somebody's in the middle of at that moment um yeah the song you know we recently had a our last radio single was a song called dare to hope mm -hmm. um and that was actually more based on our producer uh, who produced that song with us, the situation he was in. He, a guy named David Spencer. And he, David lives in Nashville amongst all the other Christian yeah. music people. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, his, his family, uh, you know, months ago now, there was that shooting at that little Christian school there in Nashville. Uh, well, David's um wife was a volunteer there and his two young kids go to school there thankfully uh they actually were all homesick that day you know maybe the first time you ever are thankful for a for a kid to having a cold but yeah that's they just happened to not be at school that day so but you know 
some of their their kids their friends were killed and you know so that song ended up being written uh as a result of after that it happened kind of just david and his family dealing with the trauma of that and going to five funerals in less than a week and you know just just dealing with the aftermath of that and trying to make sense of that and trying well, to find I, god i was gonna that. ask you you know uh it's you know <laughs> so it's a weird situation because i know that uh, when you are depressed right when you're depressed or you're going through something or grief you know the last thing you want to do is listen to some happy-go-lucky music it makes more sense to listen to something dark and morbid and grieving and when i felt when i when i heard the the term dare to hope i i felt like that was a lot of resolve uh because even when i heard the the, the title of it I, I remember uh thinking like man this is not faith we're talking about this is the bravery to keep having it mm. I mean, it was like the bravery to say, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm just like, because we we are <laughs> we technically are asking people, no matter how much uh you know we go through, we're asking you to take one more punch, take one more kick, you know, you know what I mean, and 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 keep hoping, keep pushing. Um, when mm. it is so much easier to just shut down, uh and that's why I'm, I, I, I'm always fascinated with Christian artists because it's like you guys clearly can see the world we live in and you're still, you know, selling hope. You're still putting out this idea that it's going to be all right. You're still telling people to be encouraged. You're still relating to people in their hurt and in their wounds. Uh, and, you know, truthfully, I think the culture, like even the culture doesn't even know how to give you gratitude for it, but it probably would implode if it wasn't for groups like yours. Um, how do you take it all in, man, when, when stuff like the school shooting happens, when you see the war we're in right now and all the stuff that's going on, how do you conjure up that courage to say, well, it looks like, you know, the, the, the bat signal goes out. The Sanctus Real signal goes out. <laughs> We're going to put out another album. We're going to keep telling people, you know, um, is, it, is it to help you get through it as well? Um, and and, and do, you, do you even feel that responsibility uh, when you can kind of sense discouragement plaguing the country? Uh, can you, can you, do you see it on the road? Like, how do you challenge that? Yeah, that's, man, that's huge. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as you're saying, we're, we're just as much and we're all in the same boat, right? <laughs> like we're all human beings, everything that's going on. We, you know, we're just as much affected by it as anybody else. Uh, and you know, I'd be lying if I said that we never wrestle with these things. You know, it's it's not like we're always spiritual supermen. You know, I don't know if we're ever spiritual supermen, <laughs> let alone always. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's just something that, again, just kind of as our 
our calling, I guess. Uh, I think that's, to, that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's it's you know we're meant to wrestle with these things and and try to be a, a voice of hope in the midst of all this chaos, you know. But but also, it, you know, it, you, you touched on you asked if it if it helps us, and, and I would definitely say that it does. I think there's. Uh, there's almost a sense of accountability in, in what we do. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, I'm thankful for this band in a lot of ways because it, it forces me to stay engaged and to be a part of the church and to not run away and, and hide. <laughs> Cause if I'm honest, there's sometimes I'd rather do that, <laughs> you know, but, uh, as long as I'm reading my Bible, it's like, man, I'm reading my Bible. I'm staying to myself. Well, that, right. <laughs> you know, I'm still saved. But, yeah, to, to, to constantly answer that call out there, you know, uh, what do, do you ever you – know, and, I, and I try to tell Christian artists this and faith-based artists this. is like be careful because you don't have the same time stamp. You know, like, like, like seriously, you know, I mean, it, you do look kind of weird when you're – 30 and above still talking about drugs and alcohol and the party life. You know what I mean? But with, with faith-based music, we can encourage people until the day we die. You know what I mean? We can make, right. I mean, uh, so it's like, you know, and I, I guess, you know, I just pretty much told you, you guys are not permitted to retire ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, hey, listen, guys, I don't think things are getting better. But we need you. You're on the field all the time. Off defense, the kickoff team. But you're doing it all. But, but, and I'm only half joking. Uh, because, like you said, you've been doing it since you're 18. I think the one thing you guys have always done well is capture the, the lead the way and capture the minds of each generation, you know, as, as those trends change, you guys have always been able to, you know, to come to compete, if not even lead, because you guys will do your own challenges, your own, uh, you know, I've seen you on stage when you guys are just really rocking out and having a good time. And of course, as we get older, uh, you guys still produce sounds that all generations have to respect and respond. I mean, you, you're one of the most talented musicians that I've ever seen. And uh, and you guys really do. I didn't tell that you guys aren't just going through the motions. Uh, but I, I do know for a fact that it has to be hard. Like, I would love to say you guys live on your bus or live in the studio and live at home. But you do see the news. You do see what's going on. Uh, and And... You know, uh, I, like you know, COVID obviously affected everybody else. You know, everybody as well. And I just wanted to say that you know, I really do appreciate that you guys haven't let any of that stop you. Uh, you know, because like me personally, if I were you guys, I would have went into like gangster rap or heavy metal. Like you know, you know, just based off the the stuff that was going into the news, right? I'm like, we're saying this real turns into like the heavy metal DMX or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I would have been like, because the, the idea of keeping the faith as dark as 2020 to 2023 has been, and you guys are still at it. I mean, you guys, I, I hope you don't downplay how important to the culture you are. 
you know what I mean? And, and like, like you guys really are a gift uh, from God, man. And I, I really do mean that. Now, I, I and with that being said, uh, I would like to know how did you get through 2020? Or do you just block it out and pretend like it didn't happen? It's like 2019, 2021. <laughs> well, first off, thank you for your, your words, man. That's like, that's super, I don't feel worthy of that. Thank you. <laughs> it's super no, sweet of you. Yeah, I really meant it, man. Really meant well, it. Thank you. Um, yeah, 2020, goodness. It's like the glitch in the matrix or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, man, you know, it, that was definitely a, a crazy time for for bands. I mean, obviously for everybody, but uh, for us, it, it totally changed everything about our lifestyle. You know, we're so used to going out and traveling constantly, and that was just completely taken away um so yeah all the shows were canceled all the all the traveling stopped and you know we were all stuck in our homes for a long long time like every like everybody else but you know for us i guess maybe the difference is that we can't say that i mean most people are just like i can't you know like like most people (laughs) are interacting i mean that once when you have that traveling bug that's a that's a bug to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's when that occurred, it it dawned on me at one point. Like, I've not just been in one place for this long in over twenty years. That like a- that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, there's a, there was a part of me that I think also realized I didn't know how tired I was. <laughs> You know, I didn't realize how much I just needed some rest. And so, you know, in a way, there was a very healthy aspect to it, I think, for all of us. And, you know, I say all of us, I mean, like all of the artists out there, all the people that are just forced to go, go, go all the time. Um, you know, it's there's something to the uh, the art of resting <laughs> that I think we all were reminded of in 2020 that is probably very healthy for us but um but man you know it if if nothing else i will say for for a lot of bands and artists ours included um a lot of songs got written during that time which is pretty cool to see now you know we've got a lot to draw from now uh and obviously there was plenty to be thinking about and writing about during that time the the world was on fire (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) And I gotta tell you, man, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, uh, but but the the one thing that I, I guess because um I try to I, I try to to lead the way and in, in, in influence as many people into diversity as possible and try to to get young people to appreciate different styles of music and uh different genres of music and you know, so that so that we as the church never fall into the trap of like racial issues and all that other that we always rise above, right? And mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, man, th- it, one of the things that I love so much about you guys is when I talk to black believers and they know exactly they know who you are. It's like that really that that always resonates with me because um again, not only do you guys 
minister to people of all ages, but you guys have such a diverse audience. Did did, did that ever shock you that you're like, man, we're making like punk rock music and, and people from all walks of life love our stuff. Did that Has that ever hit you or you're just like, nah, man, I'm not a racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I, you know we've we've seen that to a degree. Um, that you know, f- for me, I I actually have a huge heart for that kind of thing, and I think I, I still am in a place of not really feeling satisfied with it myself. Like I want to see more of that um, come as a result of our music, and just for I have a heart for that for Christian music in general. Uh, so I'm. I'm technically, I'm actually in an interracial marriage. Uh, my wife is Korean American. Uh, so like Asian culture um, is huge in my life. And, you know, as a as a total white mutt who grew up in Ohio, <laughs> right. that's kind of a, a crazy thing. As a kid, I never thought, you know, I figured I'd probably end up marrying a blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl like all the other white guys I knew. <laughs> Everybody's always shocked. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, it's been one of the most beautiful things um, that I think I could have ever experienced in my life is being married to my my beautiful Korean bride. And, uh, you know, and our kids, you know, we got three boys together and our kids are just studs. They're the most handsome, beautiful kids in the world. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but just, you know, an inner intertwining with her family and just, you know, coming to, to understand and embrace a whole different culture has just been one of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life. And, you know, growing up uh, in the area that I grew up in, um, I actually have quite a few African-American friends and always have, you know, always went to a pretty well mixed school. And it gives you such an advantage, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, really i don't know it's something i think growing up i didn't really understand how important that would be in my life later on and yeah. i'm so thankful for that you know but yeah I, yeah I, I love it when i when i see the, well, the I diversity in the audience and stuff but i want to see more <laughs> no you know I, I know what you're saying man i know what you're saying because we said that kind of earlier about the industry kind of controlling things and you guys being independent you know it's like you don't have anything to worry about uh yeah. but, but, but <laughs> One of the things I will say is that I've been trying to uh, really, and I was talking to David, uh, Dave, David Crowder, in case you don't know, there's millions oh, of yeah. David. But I was talking to David Crowder, and this is kind of what blew up this this, this conversation was uh, he was talking about the, the black church and white church and how that, that division was there. And I was in the middle of agreeing with him, right? And he was like, I wasn't finished. And the fact that you're agreeing with me tells you that we have a serious problem. And he goes, what about the Hispanic community? What about the Korean community? Like, are we getting the gospel mm-hmm. to these? Are we? And he started bringing this up. He went, because I was telling him, mm-hmm. hey, how do you feel about the racial divide in Christian music? And he was addressing it. But I thought, like, we talk about black and white as if no other race lives here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute, that's a good point. You know what I mean? And so right. he started to share about how one of his biggest events 
it was a predominantly Korean community. And he's like, what do you do with that? Like, you know, like the church, we've got to take diversity seriously uh, because obviously it, it's really a part of evangelism as well. Um, but as far as the industry is concerned, I think there's a fear you know, like, like, you know, the, the, like, the, like Kurt Franklin and Toby Max said years ago, you know, like the stellar awards are the black gospel awards. And then the double awards are the, the white Christian gospel awards. Um, and so my dream and what I'm actually working towards and one of the reasons why you guys can't ever retire is because when I pull this off, you guys got to be there. Uh, but my dream is to have an event with like a week long festival and to have 50 of the best gospel artists and 50 of the best CCM artists in one event, you know, sharing the gospel. We're, we're all learning, you know, this beautiful music that's impacted us so much, but we're all learning how to give uh, God glory. That That's my, like, I would love to see Sanctus Real and like bet together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just, dude, I would love that. Oh, dude, yeah. Well, I, we were actually working on. I was calling it "Worlds Collide," uh, but you know, it, putting events together is tough. You know that. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, scheduling issues, all that stuff that happens. But that's my dream: is to do, 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 to do a event with all headliners, but from different genres, and to put them in one where we could not avoid the unity. We couldn't avoid. Mm. And just to see what what would come out of that, you know what I yeah. mean? And to take that sure. on tour. So just so you know, you can't retire because I got. I want to put you on the bill for that. All right, hey, we're <laughs> there. Now listen, there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you're not going to be in your 80s and 90s, but I still think <laughs> you guys have not failed. In, you know. It, it, not, not one time, you know, so I, I still think that, that we can pull this off even if you're in your 30s. But what what are some things you want to tell people, like, just share from your heart about uh, how we can, you know, you know, really um, be those people that that, be, that that really genuinely are who God calls us to be? What, are you, what would you like people to know uh, when it does come to that? The, the things we talked about before, the social issues, the fear, you know, how can you help? Uh, if someone was saying, hey, I'm just stuck right now because of this fear, because of those negative things that I, the, the times I've messed up, how do you encourage somebody to get past that? Man, I, I think the, you know, the biggest thing that has helped me, uh, and not that I don't still struggle with these things myself, you know, but the biggest thing that's helped me is just, constant reminders of two things who god is and who god says we are in him you know i think there's just such a power in understanding our identity as god's children and where we really stand with him once we've placed our faith in christ and what that means for us like really embracing our That did not just happen. So everybody, hold on, he's gonna come back. Uh, he's we got to refresh the. Uh, he's been having some problems with his Wi-Fi, uh, but um, this is Saint is real. They're gonna be here. Uh, and 
Yep, there you go. I was, I was just letting everybody know you're going to be back. I was like, I promise he's going to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Are we there? Is it working? Yeah, we're all good. Okay. Sorry about that. That one was my wife's fault. My wife just tried calling me. <laughs> <laughs> goes, Honey, I'm in the uh, change in the world. Got to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. What do you um, got? Yeah, but, you know, I just think that, you know, as we understand our – our identity in Christ and just the fact that we have a God who is in control. He is able to be sovereign. You know, he's able to work all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. You know, just in that one sentence, you know, it's like, there's so much power there. It's like, that's, that's the God who calls us his own, you know, and I, I always say, I, you know, I, I think, God did such an amazing thing by, you know, the Bible refers to, uh, uses this term all the time where it talks about us being in Christ. You know, when God put us in Christ, uh, he's, he's literally placed us in the safest place we could ever be, no matter what our external circumstances may look like. Yes. Yeah. In the spirit realm, we're in Christ. And when, you know, think about when, when Jesus was, you know, approaching John the Baptist, going to get baptized and stuff. You know, John says, you know, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And, you know, they, they hear a voice from heaven. God literally announces, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. You know, and it's like to think that we've been put in Christ. You know, it's like God now looks at us and sees us as his children that with whom he's well pleased. You know, like he's he sees us as being totally... Uh, forgiven of our sin and covered by the blood of Jesus. You know, it's like we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we have this standing with God that is just unbelievable, <laughs> yet we believe yeah. it. And what it means for us is like, you know, we can't we can't think of something that we could do with our lives that God can't pull off. You know, like his ability is even beyond our imagination. And it's just like, we should, we should have more confidence than anybody out there. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you, know, you know, what's funny is that uh, I realize that because we let, sometimes we let the enemy go first, that we'll be, we'll feel the impact a little bit harder in our, in our souls or whatever. Uh, but, you know, of course my, my desire is to be more like David and move quickly. Like, I know it looks crazy. I know that he's a giant, but when I look at what God's already done, I want to get to the point where I've learned where my victories caused me to move quickly. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think about like even with Moses leading the people out of the you know the Red Sea, it's like their enemies were chasing them. But by the time you get to Joshua, they're going towards their enemies. And I'm like, there's something there's something there's something about God's people that an American culture we kind of altered that we really got to consider. That, you know, like even when I look at you guys, I'm like, hey guys. Technically, the, that concept about you guys being Levites is really real because you guys go into the unknown on purpose. 
where most people say, hey, no, you guys go just like they did with Moses. You guys go right ahead. <laughs> you go, you go ahead. Right. You know, it's, it's almost like you're on the road, you're out there, you're, you know, and then that that's a serious thing because you guys genuinely take so many risks, you know, you, you know, and, and it's it's not like uh a lot of times it's not like the guarantee that you have when you're in the secular world where Budweiser sponsoring you or, or <laughs> you, know, you know, like, like the, 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 the financial stability that sin brings is not, that's it. You're, you're like open, you know, you guys are either dealing with the promoters or you're hoping the church flips the bill. I mean, you guys really kind of are operating, even though I know there's, I understand the business structure, but you guys really do operate in, in faith as a lifestyle you know what i mean uh i don't most people who don't have tour buses don't know tour buses problems yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like, like and then when you say independent artists i'm like well there goes a lot of that record label backing i mean you guys are independent so it's like you know that's a that's a tough thing i do know that i'm going to get you in trouble like i do know that we did not promote one time the fact that you're going to be here in november 3rd <laughs> That's me being a bad host. <laughs> this has been great talking to you guys, man. But you guys are gonna be in Virginia November third, region. Uh -oh. Are you still there? Yep, I'm here. Can you see me? Did you can you see me? Did I lose you? Can you see me? Okay, there you are. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So you guys November third at Region University uh in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So probably should have said that in the beginning. Uh <laughs> I've only been doing this for 20 years and still messing up every single day. Uh, but but uh, November, 20, uh, November 3rd uh, at, at Reed University, um, I did get someone to ask me to, to ask, do you guys do you guys let churches book you at your churches? Someone asked that. Is that a, something you want to answer? Or is it just go to your website type thing? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, all of our, our booking info is on. Uh, sanctusreal.com. Uh, we're currently being booked by an organization called Jeff Roberts Agency, or JRA, as most people refer to it. But yeah, you just get on there. There's an email, and just shoot them an email or give them a call and say, "Hey, we want to have a Sanctus Real concert," and yep. they'll help you figure that out. <laughs> right, right. So make sure you guys. Uh, like, it's so funny that people do that. Like, then asking this, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I didn't mean to ask you while you were on. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> all good. No, it's all good. So I know that I know that that's a, that's one of the things that a lot of churches are trying to do is like, how do we get these people here? So do you guys do seminars or any of that stuff, or you know, to help help uh, maybe help tighten up some worship teams a little bit? Do you, do you guys or you guys like no? We just we do what we do. You know. At as a band, we primarily just do like our concerts and stuff. But um, I know uh, as individuals, some of us have, have been involved in those kind of things. I know like Dustin has done some writing retreats with uh, like church worship bands and stuff. And, and I've, I've done some stuff with helping with uh, production aspects of, you know, a lot of churches are like, what's a soundboard? How do I make it work? And, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> You know, so there, there's little stuff like that on the side that we do as individuals, but uh, uh, as a band, we've never really gone in and do, done something like that. But we, I'm not saying we'd never be open to it. That'd probably be kind of cool, actually. 
No, I'm, th I'm thinking about starting some trouble around here. You know what I mean? Like, like get sick. <laughs> like, you're already, yeah, man. No, for real. I'm on the team. Uh, I like how I just put myself on your team. I'm like, I'm on, I'm on the team. You're stuck with me now. You should have never took the interview. Uh, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> no, Come but uh, I want to tell everybody, like, man, make sure you guys are supporting. Uh, man, when I think about this, and I'm trying to end it, but, man, when I think about the fact, I'm like, Dude, you guys were kicking butt before. I want to say the name was. I want to say it was. It was something like LimeWire. It was right before the downloading thing really got bad. Where we Oh. Uh, what was that thing called? It, yeah. They were like. Oh, um. Well, there was like the, the initial one was Napster, right? Like that was kind of Napster, the first that was the initial one. Yeah, you guys, but there was another. You didn't you didn't you hadn't formed yet with Napster. No, that was that was well. I think technically we were a band, but we were just like kids playing in the basement kind of thing. Because <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't too far off from that. I mean, it was like Napster. No, and then I, I want to say, man, like around two thousand ish, LimeWire. Yeah, started and how, did that affect you guys at all when the people started downloading free music? Um, I, I don't think it really messed us up too bad. Uh, I, th you know, for us it was like this interesting timing where we were kind of riding that line of we were a brand new band, so we were just kind of putting records out nationally for the first time, and the whole industry started kind of going through that shift of like you know. CD sales are slowly going down. All this free downloading is happening. And, you know, so as our career kind of started, that transition was happening. So we kind of went through the transition with the industry as a whole, which was yeah. kind of interesting. I, I was going to say, it kind of makes you a little bit immune to those changes. Because I, I come from, we de we we couldn't make it without this. We needed CD sales. We needed that uh and, and we didn't have enough sense to cross over into merch, like shirts and things like that. Uh, so we we uh, we just it was just like I guess we're breaking up, man. You know, and then we, yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't see then, but it was like afterwards, it was like oh, we could have did that. That makes a lot of sense. We could have you know, but uh, but I mean, we just obviously coming from you know four what is it eight tracks to to that into tapes cds not having something physical was just absurd <laughs> you know sure and so then you know but you guys hung in there and you kind of how, how did you guys um take the social media storm were you able to grab hold of it pretty good or do you were you just like i'm not i'm not getting involved in that <laughs> i think that's always been a struggle for us to a degree um I think, you know, not so much that we didn't understand it. Uh, I think we were just young enough that, you know, we were, because we, you know, we all had our own little, you know, Twitter accounts or Facebook or whatever, you know, the, I mentioned the old ones first. Maybe I'm showing my age, but. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh our, our issue is more just the fact that none of us are really that kind of guy, which might sound funny coming from somebody who, you know, spends their life on stage a lot, but 
none of us are those kind of guys that just really want to post a selfie every five minutes. You know, <laughs> like we're not really guys who necessarily seek out the spotlight. We just kind of are forced to be in it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think to our own detriment, sometimes that can be a, a thing for us. We, we're not, we've never been huge on the social media stuff, um, but we're, we're still slowly getting better. <laughs> You know, just spoken like a true artist. Like you, like the true artist is like now. I don't. We don't need all that. We don't. It's like this is how we sell records. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get it. It's like, but you don't. Know, you know, the, the, there's the other side. You know, which is the the artists that are getting in trouble. So I'd much rather deal with you guys <laughs> than than the artist that's like you got to bail them out again. Like no, this is bad PR. Bad PR. You know? <laughs> Man, I, I want to say thank you, man. Thank you for taking this time with us. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to scare you off. We like Duke's here. He talks for four hours for real. I'm, I'm <laughs> going in a different direction. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I can't wait to see you guys here on November third at Reed University. Uh, once we're done, man, I want to, I want to send you a message. But, uh, but I wanted to tell her: Is there anything else you want people to know? Oh man, just be on the lookout for a lot of new music will be coming out soon. You know, we talked about 2020 earlier. We we really did write a stockpile of songs and uh, you know, over the we've we've released a, a few over the past year or so, but um there's a lot more coming. So yeah, just kind of be on the lookout for for what we're putting out and yeah, I really hope all you guys enjoy it. Well, listen, everybody, if you want to check out this uh, podcast, you know, just go to you, either YouTube at Real Life with Duke White, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and to look up Real Life with Duke White. Uh, and, of course, you can go to the Current FM uh, Facebook page. That's Current FM Facebook. Uh, and then, of course, don't forget to, if you want to listen to all the different ways to listen, make sure you go to uh, comingsoonjesus.org uh, and currentfm.com. That's how you find out all the cool things we got going on. Uh, man, so we're going to let everybody go. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you. Hang on for a second. When I get offline, I'm going to tell you some stuff. And then, uh, all right, guys, so see you November 3rd. Reach University. Make sure you guys are there. Sanctus Real is in the building.